Good morning, afternoon, evening, Android podcast listeners. We are back with another episode this week. And uh, this week's kind of a little bit of an odd week because we got some big announcements, but we didn't get much from them with the Android 12 launch. And then we had this huge, massive Facebook outage, and it had a really dumb reason behind it. So we're going to get to all that, plus the Pixel 6 launch event date that we finally got this week, like 10 days out from when it's actually going to be. So that's cool. Anywho, joining me, I, oh, I am Ara Wagner. Thank you for listening to us again. Uh, and with me today is Jerry Hildenbrand. Hi. How are you? <laughs> and Somebody <Nick> answer. <laughs> hey, hey. I... What? I'm, I'm okay, Jerry. I, I need more sleep. <laughs> okay. I always need more sleep. <laughs> and I stepped all over Nick because this is Skype. I'm sorry, Nick. You're, my, fine. you're my favorite, just just so you know. Noted. So how many foldables are you rocking this week, Nick? Let me know. Uh, just the one that I use daily. And then mm. uh, because of somebody's bad experience on Twitter last week, the <laughs> flip is now sitting open in the cabinet and not closed. <laughs> No, 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 no. Shut it, man. No, I'm not breaking that thing. Shut it. Well, it's, it's Samsung. I won't shut it. You shut it. <laughs> if you're not going to use it, give it to somebody who can. No, nah, my, my wife's going to use it, and we'll Aww. we'll see how long it lasts until it, it actually breaks <laughs> from normal use and not just sitting in a cabinet closed. Nick's wife, if you're listening, close that damn thing. Keep it closed for two weeks and tell us what happens. <laughs> Nick's afraid. No, I just want to know how it handles in a regular woman's purse. Like, this is a phone that, yeah, it folds shut, but it doesn't, like, really magnetically stay completely sealed in the middle. So I want to know how much dirt and lint and stuff from a woman's yeah. purse gets in there and how quickly. I'm definitely looking forward to real world testing it that way and, and seeing how long it lasts. Maybe it'll surprise us. I'll bet you could skip it like a stone across the lake while it was closed. Nick, I know well, you it live is, by a it lake. It is water resistant. So I know you live by a lake. Come on. Yes, man. but some of them are 400 feet deep, and I don't want to go down that far to get it. Nope. Nope, <laughs> oh. nope. Yeah, you act like I said to go back and get it. Just, I, the, the point was to see if it would. Oh, man. All right. Oh, God. All righty. So let's get on with this. <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start with the big news on Monday morning, which was, well, Monday afternoon. That was Android 12 finally releasing and going stable, except that was only for AOSP. So no phones have it yet. And we don't know when the first phones are going to have it. Because let's see. If you have, I should reiterate, if you have the capacity to compile the code and build AOSP into something you can put on your own device, you could have Android 12 today. For the rest of us, we're going to be waiting for a while. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, If you're listening to this, you could go to XDA and have, you know, install something that somebody else built because turning into a turning AOSP into something that it will actually install and work on a phone is not easy. Who knows? Maybe there's a ROM or two. Yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure there is. And though, give those guys some credit. Yes, absolutely. I love those guys. I thank them for their work. I'm thankful I don't have to do that anymore just to get the current version of Android in the same calendar For real. I Mega mean, I'm, I'm just that. so happy that I don't have to actually flash my phone to get betas. 
this time. Because, yeah. like, in, uh, I mean, even for OnePlus, well, OnePlus, when it gets to the open beta, will be an OTA. It's still a, you have to flash the OTA or you have to flash the image from a computer this uh, with the closed beta, right? <laughs> this is OnePlus. You might have to send in a picture of you in a t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they do that much anymore. It's not as prominent at the very least. Yes, and uh, thank God for that. But yeah, yeah we real. got the Android 12. The stable release was on Monday. And then on the same day, most of the manufacturers said what their timetable was, which devices were going to be getting it, when they expected devices to start being able to get it. Um. We got an update. We got our first major update to the Samsung One UI beta that launched in August or was that early September? Time is a flat circle, guys. It was guys. September, yeah. Okay. It was September. And don't install that if you want to use your S twenty one every day. Just don't. probably not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this one's any better. Um, it, it isn't on mine. It's it, you know, as far as the phone functionality, it's all great. Of course, there's some apps that aren't aren't compatible but there are some big network issues oh i haven't run into the networking issues because i haven't put this second sim into the s21 again yet uh so yeah no i'm i've enjoyed one ui four beta i really want to say one uh one beta four or one ui beta four you know how many times i've reversed those numbers oh my gosh in that review (laughs) so many times oh it looks good uh, you know, Samsung's going to do a, a bang up job on this, and, yes, that, and that's coming from me, who doesn't like to give Samsung much credit for their software. They did a great yeah. job on incorporating just the right amount of the new visuals and stuff. That I think it it's going to be really nice. There's just a lot of back end issues they need still need to work on. Yeah, and it's probably based on an older, buggier version anyway. Probably. So I would expect that to to be the case later. Um, I know on this one, I think the only major new feature on this one uh, was the automatic color changing. Which we cannot call that a major feature. That was it's so subtle. It's so well. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah. So like, like <laughs> I mean. The actual interface looks extremely similar to the pixels, right? Which, you know, I I, I kind of thought based on the language used before that we wouldn't see this in too many other phones, but here it is and it's super similar. But yeah, like you said, that's the cool thing. I mean, the API is there to let anyone do something to change the colors. Samsung right. is capable of changing them automatically just like Google was, so they did it. And that's that's what's awesome about Android. Well, I'm I'm not totally thrilled with all the color designs that they're making because while like background colors are much more subdued and accent colors are nice and subdued, um, a lot of th- they just don't use it. A whole, they don't use it as much in the system the way that Google. It's very, right. very did. boring by it's, comparison. Yeah, like very boring. Your notifications are still like black and uh, your notifications are still white when it's in light mode and gray when it's in dark mode. It. Your uh, quick toggles don't really see any bold colors in there. You do get bolder colors with Samsung's color matrix than you do with the current Pixel version, which is nice. I I didn't even think to check. Do the settings still look like stock air quote yes. Android? Well, see that that'll that'll no, change. No, no, oh, no. Okay, the, it's it looks like stock One UI. Okay, 
Like it, the like the blue color doesn't really show up in settings even that much, which is kind of boring and disappointing. It's, it's but weird. It'll change. I need them to me- I need them to merge this uh wall the automatic wallpaper based colors with theme park, so that way it's like okay, here's theme park, here's your palette of colors. You pick which of these six or eight or twelve colors is gonna go for that page, that pa- or that element, that element, that minute element, and you're done. So that way it's right. not a matter of, oh, yeah, you get have to pick every color individually through a uh, either through its hex code or just judging color by eye. So I need I need that so that way I can get a little bit more pizzazz in the S, uh, in one UI four than just, oh, hey, it's going to be an accent color in a couple of your menus, maybe. Right, yeah. Well, you have to remember, Samsung collects the same amount of data as Google does, but does something very different with it. They use it to see what people who are buying their phones are doing. So they know what to add, change, subtract, or fix in the future. So if Theme Park is really popular, they will integrate it. There's no doubt in my mind. They don't advertise Theme Park because Theme Park is still one of those use it your own, use it your own warning. Maybe this will bring it out of their labs thing and put it, you know, in the regular Samsung apps. Right. Yeah. Like we saw with the fold. It would be nice, but it's still only available in very select markets. Like most countries do not have access to theme park. Oh, that's, that's dumb. Samsung fix. Yes. Yes, it is. It is very dumb. I really hope that it gets fixed with this new, with one UI four, because y'all have like Samsung can do customization, like nobody's business, but they put all of the effort into these pre-made themes that look ugly as sin after like two or three weeks let alone the ones that have been up there for seven or eight years and none of them are optimized <laughs> and, and for the newest versions yeah and they still cost like three <laughs> to five bucks a piece no that kills me yeah it's it's, it's like the, not the, good. the happiest thing from one ui4 for uh one ui4 beta for me is that you can set third-party icon packs in the samsung launcher now so i'm not forced to look at those Ugly, ugly ass oh, icons so every time. Just like Blackberry did in 1984 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there can were we please get a vertical app drawer? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yes. When, when the Blackberry curve was popular, yes, icon packs were a huge thing. I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> and I want that to return. I want icon packs to be a big thing again, especially now that iOS has versions of it. So that would that would be very nice to see. But otherwise, one UI four beta two didn't really bring a whole lot. We're obviously still they're trying to work through their issues and trying to get bugs fixed. But since this released this week, I'm almost positive that it is still working off of one of the developer previews and not off of the stable Android 12 AOSP release that came yeah. out. So we're still gonna have at least we're probably going to have one, maybe two more major updates to One UI 4 beta, and then we might get to the open beta release candidate in probably early November. Samsung certainly got early access to the final code. I mean, that's just when they, you're they, that part of the partnership deal. But They had early access to Wear OS 3, right? Yeah, but but the, <laughs> a, a ship takes they a long time OS to, to steer. <laughs> So what you've got now has probably been six months in the making. 
Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Still got a little ways to go, but we're much further along than we were in previous years. Yes. Which is I'm, nice. I'm really impressed with what I see from Samsung and Android 12. It's, yes, there's a bug that affects me, but that's, you know, I, I read that it was experimental and I shouldn't install it on a phone I intend to use, and I did it anyway, so that's my fault. So I, I just think that they did a good job. I'm impressed. Yep. Yes. And I, we're on October security patch with this and everything. So yep. that, yes. The, the strides they've made over the years are nothing short Amazing. of beautiful. It just, right. just makes me so happy. <laughs> I will say the only beta I'm disappointed with right now is that we haven't gotten off of a beta on the Pixels yet. Because I was really hoping that we were going to get the Pixel version of Android 12 this week. And now I don't think we're getting it until the end of the month. Probably whenever the 6 launches. When Yeah, whenever the Pixel 6 goes on sale, that's when we're going to see it. And that's because, and, and this is all just a wild-ass guess. Google has something they haven't shown us yet. And it's going to be part of Android 12. And it may not, you know, if you've got a Pixel 3, uh, you you might get the update, but you might not get this new feature. But there's no way they can release Android 12 without leaking out what that feature is. And then they don't have anything cool to say. So that's... that wouldn't be an Android 12 feature then, wouldn't it? Because they just... Pushed AOSP. No, I mean Google. Google has a feature that they're oh, you, they have building a into the Pixel feature into right. Android feature, Right. Okay. Right. I, I I get it now. Yeah. So they they told us right uh, to quote them. We're putting the finishing touches on a special release with right. Pixel exclusive and Pixel first experiences on that's, Android twelve. That's what has which, me leaning that way. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know what? I'm, some fun wording right there. I'm glad this happened because it was. It's really hard to wrap your head around what Google is. The the people that make Android and the people that make the Pixel phones, they don't they don't work in the same room. They don't they don't even work with each other very much. And this really drove that point home that okay, the Android team is done. This is done, signed off. They're waiting for bug reports. Uh, they can't get any right now, of course. But the Pixel team, they're not done. And that just shows you, you know, how separate divisions can be inside Google. That's yeah. all. I hate that. I will error. say I'm happy that <laughs> they're only holding on to the wallpaper based color switching until 12.1. I really thought it was going to take longer than that for that to be available for other manufacturers. Not that Samsung is bothering to wait for Google's version. Yeah, I, I hope that spurs other companies to try to do it themselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who knows? Uh, I was going to say LG, uh, but maybe no. OnePlus. Somebody can maybe do it better than Google does. Oh, I absolutely believe another manufacturer could probably do it better than Google does, but um, it's going to take time for them to figure out how to do it better. But I also want to know how many companies use Google's version of the wallpaper picking algorithm and how many are like, no, we don't like yours. We're going to use our own. Well, all I know for sure is Motorola won't do either, or at least, or if they do, it'll be in the year 2024 when you finally get the Android 12 update. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Poor Motorola. That I miss my it. Moto X. My Texas yeah. made Moto X. 
I know those are the those are great. Talk, talk about customization, right? Yes, bring back motor ma- uh, Moto Maker, you cowards! Uh, it was just a good all around phone. It was a it good was. It was, it was a good great. Nexus phone that said Motorola on the back. Basically, yeah. is what it was. And, and it had a couple of features. It. <laughs> it had a number of features that ended up getting pulled into stock yeah. Android, didn't it? Because it was because uh, you had the Moto Voice stuff, which happened before we had as much of that robust system that yep. we eventually got with Assistant. It, it we, felt like it was a test bed for stuff, didn't it? Because Google, you know, remember back then Google was Motorola. They would throw all kind of cool stuff. Into they were the, the first X. one with Smart Lock. I, yeah. That was worth the Moto X just for that. Oh, I have my phone paired to my headphones or my car stereo. The phone will stay unlocked. Or oh, rem- thank you. Remember the thing you could put on your keychain and swipe it across your phone yes. to unlock it? Yes, yeah. the Moto Tag. They, they, they did all kind of cool stuff there. And I think they, you know, the stuff that worked best, they pulled back into Android, which Google, if you still owned Motorola, people that bought Motorola phones would be happier and you could do that again. Yeah, and y'all could do that while keeping the Pixel, the uh, high-end, the niche, the premium <laughs> band. Or the Pixel could Brand. be made by Motorola. Hey, Mo- no. M- Motorola made some great phones. Now, don't, 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 don't scoff. And, and they're nigh indestructible, too. Yeah. This is true. But then again, <laughs> if wishes were fishes, how, how does that go something about Jerry gets screwed in the end? I think is how that ends. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know either. Uh, the only <laughs> other thing out of... I mean, out of all the companies that are going to be doing their takes of Android 12, which company, which manufacturer, which version are you the most interested in? Because after seeing what Samsung's doing with their material U stuff, I think the one I'm going to be the most interested to see is going to be OnePlus, except for if they go too far towards ColorOS, since that's what OxygenOS and ColorOS are going to be sharing more and more, right? Yeah, I... You know, what I'm looking forward to is seeing the Pixel 6, seeing what exactly that, you know, because Google has shown us stuff that just didn't appear and all this other nonsense. This this is the phone that they can just throw everything in and do it all their own way. And that's what I want to see. Agreed. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk Pixel 6 again in a moment. We we got to take a quick break and then we will come back and talk all about the announcement date and what all we are actually expecting to see on the 19th. Because I think a few people have lists that are a bit long for what uh, we're actually going to see. Yeah, so we'll be right back in just a second. Who has time to go grocery shopping and planning out all of their meals like days in advance? Because I know I don't, and I don't think you really do either. Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I'll I'll admit I've I've skipped a lot of meals because I just had no energy left to deal with crowded grocery stores or the rush hour traffic to drive there and back and an hour of cooking at the end of a very long, very trying day. HelloFresh cuts out the grocery shopping, the overbuying or forgetting of ingredients. They come pre-portioned, so all you have to do is follow the recipe card, eat up, and then maybe leave the dishes for tomorrow. 
HelloFresh also offers the flexibility you need, letting you change delivery days, your meal preferences, or even skip a week as we head into the holiday season with trips to grandma's or Christmas getaways to a warm beach somewhere less gray. If you've been wanting to check out HelloFresh, now's the perfect time to take a bite of this simpler, healthier meals. Go to HelloFresh.com slash ACP14 and use the code ACP14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash ACP14, promo code ACP14 to get up to 14 free meals from America's number one meal kit. Alrighty, so the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro will be announced on October the 19th, except they were announced in August and we already know what they look like and we already know like over half the spec sheet. But the event itself will be on October 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I think I'm translating that right. Yep. So I'm I'm excited. I was really kind of hoping we were going to get a physical event alongside a digital event, but digital only is cool too, I guess. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what else launches alongside the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro because... They've been they've been leaked and shown off to infinity and beyond. There is so little left for us to guess about with this phone. I will make a prediction. Sure. Nothing gets launched. Nothing gets announced except those two phones. You're not getting a watch. You're not getting a foldable. You're not getting any of that stuff in 2021. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No. Based on based on the leaks, you know, and, and how we know Google products leak. And everything that has leaked out about the Pixel 6, gosh, I think we ran three or four stories yesterday about leaks for this thing. There is no way that the watch and the foldable would not have also leaked at least a fraction of as much. Well, not even the leaks. We would have seen them come through the FCC if either of those products were launching this year in the United States. Yes. Yeah, we would have seen And Google's not going to launch a new tentpole, flagship, whatever device without having it in the United States. A a little bit of inside baseball. Everybody in this industry, we all know people who know these things and can tell us stuff and say, you know, this is all off the record. And somebody somewhere would have told us, oh, yeah, we're working on a watch. You know, and we're going to debut it in October. And they didn't. None of the outlets, I mean, we might tell you a rumor because it's a rumor that's floating around, but none of no Android news outlets has definitive proof that any product is launching except the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. Yeah, I'd say there have been enough leaks that I maybe think we're getting like a demo or a look ahead maybe. at a Pixel Fold, but it ain't launching this year. And that I have serious doubts that it would be launching in Q1 of 2022 either. If they show us a fold on the 19th, I'm willing to bet it doesn't launch until either March or May. And if they launched it in May, it would make sense to launch that at or slightly before Google I.O. So that could be it. Okay, here's your here's the developer device you should probably use to build a foldable experience that will work across Android. Because this will be using the standard APIs for everything instead of you just having to build off of whatever Samsung is using or whatever what was the other one? Huawei is using. Well, can't build anything huh. for Huawei right now. But still, I'm I have no doubt Google is trying to get a foldable out the door. I also know that Google knows that they can't half-ass this. You cannot do this halfway. 
So they want to do a foldable right, and I don't see them getting that out the door until spring, uh, late spring, early summer of 2022. Yeah, at, at the very least, I could see a, you know, one more thing type of thing at the end of the announcement. And maybe they show like a phone unfolding with the sun flare behind it or some nonsense. And they say pixel fold and then maybe coming 2022. And that that's probably the extent. Well, I could even see them toting one out on on a, a stage for the presenter to show everyone. Oh, I have no doubt about them showing off like a pre like a testing right. unit or something. But like, yeah, Google has also made it clear that with the Pixel 6 and from now on, their phone division is going to try to make money. Uh, it doesn't make any financial sense to launch a Pixel Fold after Black Friday. None yeah. whatsoever. So yep. it's going to be next spring when all the other big phones launch, if if that's the earliest. Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When the Wear OS 3 announcement surprised us at I.O., there were no rumors of that at all, right? No, we had we had rumors. We had inklings. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if it was a total surprise or if we had a little bit of, you know, a thought beforehand, but there were a lot of big surprises there that like Yeah. The the manufacturers giving getting more control and Samsung building the watch and building the chip. Those were all surprises. But I think everybody knew that Google was revamping Wear OS. Except the other manufacturers. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, no, they I, knew. I guarantee you they knew. They just didn't care. They, they just weren't maybe in on the party. Who knows? Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that other manufacturers wanted to get in on the collaboration. And Sam Wilson was like, no, no, we'll help you with this. Oh, but definitely. we are the only other manufacturer that gets credit for this. You, you, you know, part of that agreement was Samsung gets to be the launch partner and a period of exclusivity. Yeah. If if not, Samsung needs better negotiators. Hire me. Speaking <laughs> of watches, go. I I don't think we're going to see a watch other than maybe a pre-production unit on stage. But I would, I think we would see the watch Q1 of 2022. As, as often as we've had like renders leak every now and again or renders be pre-recreated uh, after a leaker saw them. I'm willing to bet they're pretty close on the watch, but I don't think they're quite there just yet. And I also think it's like, okay, we're gonna let we're gonna let Samsung go first, and they can make the mistakes, and then we can come in and learn from what they did. I, I, oh, wouldn't I, that be nice? <laughs> every year we talk about a Pixel watch, and every year I say the same thing. I don't think Google's gonna really make a watch. Google doesn't need to make a watch. There yeah, is that's no... kind of true. Fitbit needs to make a watch. You know, it it needs if it if they want to make money, they have to compete against superior products. And with a watch, there's not a lot of margin built into it unless you're Apple. So I just don't see a need for Google to make a Pixel watch. I I could see them wanting to make a watch just so that way they have a better like benchmark device for developers. As opposed to, oh, you're going to build for the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4, or you're going to build for whatever Fossil and Mobvoi come out with next year. I could see them having a watch and having it be, like, not the greatest watch ever, but it has good fundamentals and it works great for testing out apps. 
or right. it can I, just I've, be in its pixel style so that way it can still be a okay and our fans will buy it because they love us i think that energy is going to go towards fitbit and google's going to try to do something with google health google fit whatever the hell it's called and the next fitbit is going to be smarter I think that too. I just yeah. think there's still room with a for a Pixel Watch in there because I don't think they want to throw away. Uh, I don't think they want to keep the Pixel brand out of wearables terribly much longer. Maybe if they don't if they don't hop in the pool soon, we're gonna just we have to give up because it's been six or eight years and we haven't gotten a worthwhile watch from Google itself in that time. Maybe it'll be a Nest watch. It could be, but I, I think up until this point, it didn't make sense for them because of the way Wear OS was done. You know, Wear yes. OS was largely managed by Google almost in its entirety. It was updated from them. Really, the manufacturers just made the hardware. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but compared to how Android phones are made, you know, right. the watch space was essentially you buy a different piece of hardware and you can pretty much guarantee it all runs the same software. Whereas now with Wear OS 3, they're going the phone route. So now they can actually build hardware and software that helps them differentiate from other manufacturers. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, if they right. want pixel watch only features, that would be a good reason. Yeah. This is the only time it makes sense to me beforehand. It was like, well, why would we want a pixel watch? What will it even do than right. anything else? Like it's uh, just not, there's nothing, there's no way to differentiate it other than, Hey, it's made by Google. Jim, Jim's our podcast producer, by the way. Jim, can you go back and like take out all that stuff I said about there won't be a watch? (laughs) (laughs) There won't be a watch in a week and a half. Oh, no, no, no. There won't be one this year. But still, I didn't think of what Nick just said because Nick is a very smart gentleman. Yes, he is. And now I agree with him completely. Google, where's my damn watch? (laughs) <laughs> I've been asking that for seven years. I will say one other thing that we've been uh, that a small group of pixel lovers have been asking for for the last several years now is I want a new pixel book. And I'm yeah. not like the, the pixel book go launched in 2018. It's three years old. The original pixel book, I think, launched in 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh- I, you know, and, and I, I, you know, the first person who would buy one because, yeah, I love my Pixelbook. The Pixelbook Go is a really good product, but it's a very different style of product from the Pixelbook. So maybe next spring, Google will make us a new Pixelbook. Yeah, because I, I want one that's a two-in-one. I want one that is the bigger three-two aspect ratio, but I want it to be a two-in-one. Or even if they... If they go, if they try to redeem the slate and give us a new version of that, but put the kickstand and the keyboard in the case, because all of the manufacturers have proven that if you make a Chrome OS tablet, it needs the keyboard and the tablet, or it needs the keyboard and the kickstand in the case. Because you cannot rely on third-party accessory makers to make them well and price them reasonably. I mean, I I have an i5 slate, and I'm going to tell you, the updates to Chrome, it's a great device, except it's a heavy 12 and a half inch tablet that has a really crappy, you know, book cover keyboard that attaches to it. Yeah, I'm I'm super duper looking forward to the Lenovo Duet 5 because that's going to be a 13.3 inch Chrome OS tablet with the oh detachable God. keyboard Why? and kickstand. 
Well, just I, get a get a Samsung television and a Chromecast and carry it around, Era. Hey, no, look, we, I mean, we joked about phone sizes being tablets at some point, so oh, yeah, why no, not? I it, mean, <laughs> it, it's 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 huge and it's mostly impractical. But the reason I'm excited for it is because it's going to give us the screen that Lenovo refuses to give us on its 13 inch laptops because those have all been. 250 nits at the most in recent models, apart from the ThinkPad. The ThinkPad got a 300 nit top of the line screen for the top configuration, but it's going to be a brighter screen. And because it's going to be more of the duet style, it's okay. You can remove the keyboard without having to remove the entire case the way you did on a slate because it's going to have that magnetics kickstand. Since it's Lenovo, the the big 18 inch, whatever this size display, it's going to have that old 1355 laptop resolution. No, no, it's 1080p. <laughs> Trust me, I've been looking for e- I've been looking every which way to try and scrutinize this because I keep hyping myself up and I, I've realized in this business, if I'm going to keep reviewing these things, I have to keep expectations down. So I'm, I'm hoping the world of the uh, Duet 5 because that could be the breakout that Chrome OS tablets like really need to be something that's like, oh, no, it's not just a playtime device like the Duet or this. I have the X211 that I'm hoping to review very quickly because I've enjoyed my last week playing with it while I was on vacation. Uh, but those are both relatively small devices. And the Duet 5 will be a 13.3 inch laptop, essentially, that you can take the keyboard Jesus. off of. Yeah. It's going to be big. It's going to be now, big. Now but it please could be... get Adobe products on there so I can switch to Chrome OS. Thanks. Yeah. The, the only thing <laughs> I'm using to keep my Duet 5 expectations like down, down in the basement down is knowing that it has the Snapdragon 7C Gen 2, which probably won't be quite as limited as the first generation was. Uh, about Adobe, Nick, do you know, you at one time you could get Adobe products for Chrome through the Chrome for education and they worked well and Adobe just stopped. It's because Adobe's trash. Well, well that's, Adobe that's, probably stopped because there weren't enough schools that were signing on for it. And well, that, that was who they that, made it for. And they put it on the iPad right before they stopped. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just frustrating to me because it's like, yep. Windows 11 is great and all whatever. Okay. It, you know, everybody no, has their Stop problems with Windows. All right, fine. <laughs> Ignore what I said. Anyway, I want to switch to Chrome OS and I want to sti- switch. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk. I want to switch to what Steam has built, right? Because mm-hmm. you have with the Steam Deck, they've got their own, own OS that can run uh, Windows games essentially emulated for yep. lack of a maybe better term. So I'm like, I'm right on the cusp of finally getting rid of this. And that I think that's the only Microsoft product I use. I'm like looking around thinking about anything else. I don't really think I have well, anything else. When we're done, I'll tell you the big, long, convoluted, horrible way you can run all Adobe products on your Chromebook. This, this sounds Linux. like a nightmare. It involves Linux and, and virtual an machines. Yeah. This, this, this sounds like it's not worth it. I'm going to stick it's, to Windows 11. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. But, Nick, you're looking for it for Premiere, right? For video editing? I or primarily just, just use Photoshop these days because oh, you know, well, if I do a video, Alex handles the editing. So I pretty much just need a good, proper uh, Photoshop. Do, do yourself 98% a favor. 98% of the... Go ahead. In- install GIMP on your Windows laptop. Learn to use it. It does everything Photoshop does and more. 
Nah. It does. I, it's just got an ugly UI. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Nowadays? Yeah. It's Wait, a new horror. I thought Gimp got reskinned, but more importantly, no, don't use the Linux version of Gimp on a Chromebook. You can, but there are other things that you could install instead. But what I use for my photos is I use the Google Photos Editor for my color fine-tuning, and then I will download it, and if I need to do anything more advanced, I'll kick it into Pixlr. Because that is a yeah, free web based. Pixlr's pretty good, yeah. I have used Pixlr several times, but that's usually my fallback when I'm on some other computer that doesn't have Photoshop. Like, I even tried, um, you know, back in June when I started this full time to go, uh, what is it? Per- Photoshop, is it Elements? I even forget what it's oh, called no. now. What, what, whatever the one below proper Photoshop, Photoshop is. Photoshop okay, we'll just... Crap Edition. Yeah, what, whatever <laughs> it is. Okay. I. N- a fair amount of features that I use are in there, but there were several things that I'd go to use and I'd be like, crap, it's not in this version. I, I can't do that. Yeah, and no, I, the, I the version of you, Photoshop you can get on a Chromebook just through Google Play is It's crap. made for a phone. That's crap. probably it's yeah. worse than phone. the one I used. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's, there are alternatives, but they're not one-for-one replacements. And that's what I need. I need a proper one-for-one replacement. I'm just waiting for Clip Studio Paint to make a proper Chrome OS a client. Because Clip Studio Paint could be a legit Photoshop replacement, but it's a Windows Mac thing. Hmm. Bring it to Chrome OS and watch it prosper. I don't know. I just, there is such a, I feel like there's got to be a market for this. There have to be enough people out there that are waiting and can't. Maybe there aren't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Well, the enterprise (laughs) market, they can run Photoshop. Yep, through they can, parallels. They can, they can run anything they want through parallels. So, you know, I, I don't understand. Is this Google holding it back? Is it agreements with, you know, companies like Adobe? Is it, you know, a, a test that's, I don't know what's going on. I it's just know. frustrating. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these companies, they're in markets where Chromebooks aren't nearly as popular. I think, I want to say Clip Studio Paint is based in either Japan or Korea and Chromebooks aren't nearly as big of a thing there. Right. So for a lot of these, a lot of these uh, replacement and alternative companies, they don't think of Chrome because Chrome just isn't where they are. Yeah. But if they do business in the United States, they have to know that there are millions and millions and millions of Chromebooks in every school district across the country. Don't they want, some sort of their product in front of all those kids. When those children graduate, they're already familiar with that company's products. So to me, it makes no sense. I mean, any company that's (laughs) wanting to lock into a younger generation, make things for Chromebooks. Yeah. That's what Google does. We all had Gmail accounts when they first came out and I might be an old man, but I know some of y'all were barely over the age of 13 and you jumped on it because it was cool. I, I, will I don't say, know how long back they'll uh, they'll punish us for that. I, I resisted Gmail because I hated the labels thing. I liked <laughs> folders and it took me forever to get over thing. that. Hey, I'm, I'm still not a fan of it. But yes, that was that was why I didn't jump on Gmail for a long time because I needed my folders. <laughs> I still miss inbox. Bring me back my freaking inbox to Google. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, been don't even nothing get me since that. that is as good. <laughs> Trust like, me. Inbox nailed me to the wall with how yep. well it knew. Okay, I you, you're you going to want to read this, Emil. 
you don't really care about these, but you want this one, this one, and this one. Yep. And it was, then it when was the best. we were shoved back to Gmail, none of that came with us. It stayed in inbox and it died. I have a, G- a Gmail account that I set up when I first started working at Android Central. But my own, but my very own personal Gmail account, it's, and I'm going to regret this, it's just Jerry. You have the original, like, Jerry, Jerry at Google. At gmail.com. Oh, my God. That's. No, nobody was using Gmail when I got an invite, so I could get Jerry, and I, I love that so much. Yeah, hold on to that for, like, ever. You're going to be able y'all to don't, sell it, that. Y'all don't spam me, y'all. Come on. Have a yeah, little bit no. of decency. I was. I'm willing to share these. This. This nugget of what I feel is wonderfulness. So don't punish me. Uh, the the one thing Gmail does really well is spam filtering. So yeah, probably safe. Uh, well, they do for, it okay. For they me, they can't content. I was gonna say, spam blocking is great for normal people. Once you start using anything Gmail for work, like when I go to my professional email from you know, work from future spam blocking becomes useless because we just get so many pitches and media and PR things. And I'm just like, Oh my God, 99% of this is crap. Like 30% (laughs) of it doesn't even apply to our segment. Like, why do I care about like restaurant stuff and massage therapy and all of these other things? I'm like, I am an Android writer. Don't even talk to me about Apple. Just talk to me about Android and Chrome. I'm sitting here looking to see if you can still suspend a Gmail account so I can suspend oh, that geez. Gmail for a week <laughs> and everything bounces. No, but I i mean, it's just one of those things that at the end of the month, it's like, okay, I'm i am going to get me a nice frozen Coke. I'm maybe going to slip a little vodka in there and I'm just going to purge. Because <laughs> I send every, every if it winds up in primary once. I will be like, okay, move this to promotions, and then there'll be that little pop-up at the bottom of the screen. Oh, that I can't says, use those tabs. Well, I just use that because that's where I spend send everything that is not immediately important to me. It's like, okay, send it to promotions, and then there'll be this little pop-up. Do you want this and all future emails from this address to go to promotions? And I'm like, yeah, because that means I have one tab that's completely and utterly chock full of crap, and then I have three tabs that actually have stuff I care about in it. Maybe I'll try it again. I set up a filter when I get an important email. When it comes from this sender, put a star on it and then not care. I've got like 960 unreads in my work email. I went email. through 65,000 <laughs> emails in one weekend. I wish I had 960 unreads. Goodness. I, I only read the ones that come in at the top with a star. The rest, every once in a while, I just... Check this box to select all 13,000 conversations mm. and I, just... You know, you know what I love? If you go in the Gmail now, it's got, you know, your inbox mail icon and then it's got the notification on the top. It stops at 99 now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just says 99 plus. Thank you. used to for tell that. you how many. Yeah. I guess they're just like, you know what? We don't need to add more depression on people's lives. Let's just not keep that number going. <laughs> well, wait a second. <laughs> uh oh. Rut row. Era doing some mad scientist stuff. <laughs> No, no. I was going to pull up my per- uh, my professional one, but my professional one I've managed to keep mostly under control. Yeah, it stops at 99. That's a bummer. It is. It's, it's sad. Because I, 
it, it's impressive the numbers that the uh, promotions and updates folders will get over time because it's like, oh, yeah, there's 50 different companies that are emailing me about crap every single day because I signed up for promotional emails 10 years ago when I was a naive child and didn't know any better than to just say, no, I want no promotional emails ever, forever and ever. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how. But on our work email, I got rid of all that crap. I just have one inbox. And everything comes into it. Oh, God, I don't want that. Because there'll be weekends where I don't check email, and I don't want <laughs> you know, emails that would be important to be wait, stuck wait, wait, under. Wait, 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 There are weekends where we should be checking our email? <laughs> I mean, It's the weekend. Yeah. Stop checking your email, Era. Things Look, launch on Monday mornings because PR are. Well, you'll find, it, find out Monday if, morning. If I'm expecting a review code for a game that I care about, I'm totally checking my email because I'm going to have fun over the weekend. Dang it. Otherwise, forget it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to spend this email this weekend, at least in part, doing emails out to accessory manufacturers because I got to start building more lists. So, yeah, no, it's. We checking the emails on the weekend is fine so long as it's something you choose to do and not something you have to do but i use the multiple tabs so that way emails that i care about only go one of three places that i know to check for it and not in with all the other scut (laughs) it's a great word it is a great word Alrighty, so we have far and away uh gotten away from the pixel 6 announcement date that we first started talking about so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the Facebook outage that absolutely brought the world to a standstill for, what was it, eight hours? That was an impressive day. So we'll be back with that in a second. When it comes to big wireless providers, there's only one thing that we know above all else. There's always a catch. Honestly, they're even worse about hidden catches than genies are. Take my current carrier— Catches after catches after catches when trying to upgrade the family plan to get 5G because only unlimited subscribers got 5G. And the in-store rep ripped my family off for $200 in fees, forcing them to cancel and sign up for a new account instead of just upgrading the current account like we asked four times. So when I heard about Mint Mobile, I, I had to know what's the catch. Apparently, it's no physical pr- footprint. No physical stores means no having to make rent, no hiring dozens of workers in each and every city in America, and no having those employees get paid on commission. That means that Mint Mobile can pass the savings on to you and cut out all of the nonsense. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, including 5G coverage, unlimited talk and text, and easy-to-pick data tiers so you can buy exactly the amount of data that you need. You can bring your own phone, so there's no needing to shell out hundreds of dollars for a new phone when your current Galaxy, Pixel, or yes, even an iPhone will work just fine on Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com ACP. That's mintmobile.com ACP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com ACP. Alrighty, where were you when the world came to a standstill? Because, let's see, Facebook servers went down for an insane reason that we'll get to in just a second, but that brought down Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, 
and WhatsApp among many other services because once those once Facebook servers went down, that increased server load on so many other systems because people were wondering, what the heck? Why are my accounts down? Why can't I contact anybody? Why can't I use Facebook to access money or transfers or any of these other things? Because because uh, WhatsApp in a lot of countries is used for banking and paying bills, and that was all unavailable right. for 8 to 12 hours, depending on where you lived. Here in the States, we just use Facebook to look at all our anti-vax memes. But <laughs> outside right. of the, you know, in other in other parts of the world, like India, WhatsApp is is the payment app. You do business through WhatsApp and it was down. Yeah. No, that was that was not OK. And I'm I don't want to make light of that because WhatsApp being down is a very much a security yes. risk that cannot be afforded because it is the backbone of many societies at this point, And we cannot ha- afford to have it down considering it is the most used messaging platform in the world outside of China. Because I think China might have a speed Weibo, on raw yeah. numbers, but WhatsApp is the main messaging app in India, most of Europe, and most of South America. It's just we in the States who are weird and like iMessage. So WhatsApp being down was a big deal for the entire world. But we all mostly made memes about Facebook being down and everybody having to go slum it on Twitter and Reddit. I love both of your or, platforms. Or You're singing great. Kumbaya on a beautiful fu- future free of Facebook, which personally are <gasps> my favorite memes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Well, this, this is ammunition for uh, the U.S. Congress to force Facebook to divest WhatsApp. Yes. I, I, you I, know, I know their uh, explanation of what happened. Yeah, is yeah. down to networking stuff and coming from that background i get it and if it was my lord i feel our pain because but I've you been don't there. believe it except no. not for anything the size of facebook but right i i know oh, a lot never of people... underestimate the ability of pe- of ignorant people to accidentally make a mistake on a tuesday morning that screws everybody for the hey, rest of the day mistakes yeah, like that happen but it takes do. five minutes to restore a backup but well, in, it took in this them case, eight hours to access the backup because they locked themselves and everybody working for Facebook out of everything. It right. takes so, two minutes and a screwdriver to pull a door off of a building. Well, yeah. They couldn't get into the building. <laughs> they couldn't get into the building because the key cards didn't work because they had shut down all of their servers because all of their servers and everything were tied to the same system as everything else. Facebook, I don't believe you because you're a 24-7 company. There were people inside those buildings. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely questionable. I mean, I, like I said, I've, I know I've had this similar type of thing happen in the past in previous jobs. You have a router that gets overloaded, can't handle requests, starts rejecting things, and all of the protocols that are in place to cut out those bad pieces of the network basically do their job. But in this case, that shouldn't have happened because there were other systems that were supposed to be in place to prevent this and i i don't know i could have seen a regional thing this would have made more sense to me regionally okay it went down for all of the u.s cool i get it all right maybe all of our data centers are linked from the same backbone central service maybe worldwide i don't know it's much harder to believe this explanation worldwide it's harder to believe this happened worldwide except for i think this happened at the like the main the core this is where the root of our services are 
and them trying to do a rerouting protocol shut down all of those servers, which then all the other data centers could not access. And we're told, oh, yeah, all the servers are shut down, which just caused a cascading failure. Right. And because they have you, I can't believe they use the same system for everything from the key cards to get into the building to being able to get into the server room. Like, you have to break some of that up. There needs to be system separation. So that way, if you screw up one system, you don't screw the entire multi-billion dollar company for 12 hours. Well, that the door locking thing, that 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 was a funny thing that's easy to explain. They goofed. The doors need to be on the systems that run like fire suppression that are isolated completely. And that solves that. But your key cards wouldn't work unless it's connected to telling something telling it, okay, these people are good. These people aren't. Well, see, Facebook was running this entire time. We just couldn't get to the Right, to the because it was the outside running. routers that couldn't right. reach in, so basically. Internally, you know, that it's not like for six hours there were no sensors, active smoke alarms, or in the sprinkler heads watching to see if a server caught fire. All that was still working. Right. Or Facebook literally would have knocked down walls and got in there. Yeah, and I think in in a way this shows um, better design than somewhere like uh, whatever that pipeline company was a couple mm, months ago uh. that got hacked, right? So like in that case, they got ransomware. There is no way that they ever, ever, ever should have had systems linked to you know a pipeline. Yes. On the freaking yes. internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that. The just the that height of irresponsibility or, as far as that is internet as, or local only. You do yes. not put anything like that even remotely close to the actual internet. I'm gonna say yeah. This shows that Facebook itself, the platform that is Facebook, is isolated and completely firewalled from the Correct. outside. And it's that that I use the word firewall. If you're a network engineer, don't at me. I, I know, but <laughs> the the firewall is what screwed up. Which it's, means you look for Facebook and the firewall tells you Facebook doesn't exist. Right. And I mean, this is like how some places will refer to, you know, somebody got hacked when their, you know, credentials were stolen. No, they didn't get hacked. Somebody right. bought their credentials off a list somewhere and just logged into their account. It's not hacking. Okay. So <laughs> and this, it's, I, it's the same kind of use of the thing here. We're just simplifying it. If if this was mom and pop's bait shop that was down for six hours and they gave this explanation, everybody would have said, yep, that sounds about right. Right. This is Facebook. <laughs> I just can't. They, man, they, I, I, I just feel like Facebook would have about 400 levels of redundancy built in to make sure this never, ever happens. I would assume that this won't happen again. And I don't oh, I mean, I know it won't happen again. Correct me if I'm wrong. This has <laughs> never happened. I, I know their servers, you know, services. I'm sorry. Their services have gone down plenty right. of times before. And right? they've I had mean, regional outs. Like, like right. you said before, they've had regional. Yes. You know, which I totally outs. expect if they're doing testing in a data center, if they're upgrading something, it's technology. Things yeah. break. People screw up. Somebody presses the wrong button. Somebody put an extra colon in the code. I mean, look. <laughs> This was a global event that affected people in serious ways. Yeah, it was and weird. I, I don't mean an Instagram influencer didn't get to take a picture of their new iPhone case. I mean, you know, it affected people's living and livelihood. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm I'm because I mean India had most has mostly tried to get away from physical currency. So WhatsApp is how you pay for things. It's how you pay for meals even. Yep. And I'm not sure how much of that was disrupted for people who were just trying to live, eat, work, and pay their bills. On well, I'm sure it was some. It had to have been. Probably. I, I guess on the bright side, it was only six or so hours long. So it could well, have been worse. The bright worse. side was that <laughs> it was daylight hours in Europe and North America. And it was nighttime in right. Asia where this would have re- where this really and utterly screws people. True. Yeah, if this had happened at 9 a.m. in, in you know, um, M- Mumbai or somewhere, that this would have been an entirely, you know, this would have been a fire. Right. And I, I something I didn't get to earlier, um, I saw some interesting chatter during it, people wondering if it was an internal job. Yeah, right? I, I saw that too. I, I, I don't think it was. I don't think so either. I mean, it, it's interesting timing with the hearings for sure. Right. And I think that's probably what triggered the thought. Yeah, that, but the conspiracy know. that Facebook isolated itself from the internet so it could delete all kind of things. Nah, nah. Nah. And I'm willing to bet the things that were deleted got backed up. Oh, pretty I wasn't easily. even going to go there. I was thinking more of like somebody internally wants Facebook to be broken up, you know, and. Maybe they're yeah. in cahoots with somebody in the networking team and they press the button on purpose and shut everything down just to prove, hey, this I mean, company there's, is there's too big and too interlinked. And then there's this cu- level of you can't fake that level of ineptitude. No, this was just a bunch of small mistakes made in the wrong places and some weird freak of network nature used all of them to take down Facebook. Well, that was. It, it was just a weird day. It was a weird day. It happened on a day that Facebook was already going to be under the magnifying glass. If anything, the Facebook outage actually detracted from the hearings because who's going to talk about the hearings if Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp are down? It's fair. Nick couldn't use his fancy sunglasses, and that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I was going to jump into the Oculus stuff being down because yeah. everything being tied to Facebook means Facebook down, meaning no Oculus. Oh, right. darn. Well, okay. So I, I wrote I wrote an editorial on that real quick. I basically, you know, 10 o'clock that night sat down and jotted some words down on digital paper. And uh, some of the comments were pretty funny because, you know, a lot of them were like, oh, you, you know, whiny millennial yeah, know. Gen X or Gen Z or whatever the heck, you know. A and I'm couple like, okay, of those are my alt accounts, just so that, you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's fair. But that was not the point of the article. The point was, with these types of consumer devices that are portable, I should not have to log into a cloud server to do basic functions on these things. Like you Absolutely. Could not, you couldn't sync photos and videos from your glasses to your phone, Okay. Because you couldn't log in with your Facebook account. Now, the Oculus thing is interesting because me and several other people that I checked with could not get to their library at all. Now, I've come to learn that apparently if you waited 90 seconds, maybe more, some people had it in 60 seconds. I guess there's a network timeout built in there that would say, hey, I can't reach the servers. We'll just show you whatever's installed. Oh, I never neat. reached that's, that point. Ah. That's how the glasses should be done. Right. Yes. And, and and somebody else um, that I chat with on Twitter reached out to me and, and was like, hey, we checked a couple headsets and it worked for us after 30 seconds. So 
I followed up with Facebook on that. They haven't gotten back to me, but I would love to learn what kind of fail safes they have built into these. And, you know, I want to see that extended to stuff like the glasses. Again, I shouldn't have to log in with my Facebook account to sync pictures and video off my glasses. It's crazy. Just disconnect your Oculus from your Wi-Fi and turn it on and it would emulate what just happened and, and see what see what you can do, and what you can't. Yeah, there. So if you had Wi-Fi off and you rebooted, this is, you know, without it checking in and failing, it would work like you would expect to. Right. But if you huh. had Wi-Fi on and it established that you have a, an active Internet connection but can't reach Facebook or can't verify your account, that's when you would get this. Well, we don't really know what to do. The system would just kind of sit there and tell you you had nothing installed. It was weird. It, it The point is, it's another failure of design that they need to fix, right? Yep. It's not the biggest deal in the world. I'm sure the servers will never go down again, whatever. But, you know, if they decide to, all right, Oculus is losing us money. We're just going to cut our ties and peace out. Okay, I still want to play the games that I've spent money on, all right? right. It shouldn't have to check in with Facebook servers when I just want to play my games. <laughs> And right, I, and I'm sure that sounds a little whiny, this, but no, if I spent good money on it, I spent good money on it. I don't this care is what the it is. same same complaint people with uh, Xboxes and Playstations have had for years, and they're absolutely right, and so are you. You paid money for this game. It does not need to be tied to any type of internet verification or cloud service. Yep. If it's installed on your machine, you should be able to play it until that machine blows up. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's more ammo for that type of conversation. And that, you know, that goes along with the, I guess, editorial you wrote. Um, I think it was last week or the week before about how you don't own your phone. It's it's the same kind right. of thing, right? It's like that logic from these companies is terrible. And we need to yep. make noise and make them stop it. <laughs> That's really the entire purpose. And the thing is, until it gains enough traction and enough people make noise, a company the size of Facebook doesn't care if there's nah. only 500,000 people making noise. They laugh. Zuckerberg just, ha, ha, ha. Screw those peons. <laughs> you, you need, uh, you know, a, a large group of users to say, look, we need a solution. And that'll make companies start looking for a solution. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's good to be vocal. Yep. Yeah. And the that's, squeaky wheel gets the for grease. For me, that was the so whole point. So Oculus users exactly need to what be I said to somebody. squeakiest. Yeah. Yup. Alrighty. I think that's all we're going to get into today because we've been going for almost an hour and we all need to get back to work because it's Thursday afternoon and some of us still have things due tomorrow or today. So we're going to come back in just one minute to talk about what's making us happy. So... Be right back. Looking for your next hire is like looking for a diamond in the rough. You're looking for the perfect fit for your team, your required skills, and you need to do it without wasting hundreds of man hours digging through thousands of applications. That's what Indeed is here for. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all of the other job sites combined. That's why more than three million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent and hire it fast. 
Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All righty. It still feels weird to do this segment without Bader here, but what is making us happy this week? Uh, Jerry, let's start with you. Oh, you're going to wish you hadn't. All right. My favorite game of all time is Diablo 2. So, of course, as soon as Diablo 2 Resurrected was available for sale and would play better on Windows 10 and not be at 800 by 600, I bought it. I got into it. It's been about a week. And the the trading economy is already wrecked, and I love it. People are already duping <laughs> high level runes, and I and if you're listening and you play, do yourself a favor: start a necromancer that has that raises skeletons, go through, run around, and pick up every yellow bow and yellow sword you see. Eventually, you'll find one that is quote unquote godly, and just advertise it for trade, and somebody will give you all the best runes for it because they're just dupes and they don't care. So you can, you can take part in this before blizzard puts a stop to it. And I highly encourage you to do it. I have got an entire stash and I've got four pages of stash in this game. Every slot is filled with runes that I would never get normally. So do it people just go do it. Help ruin things. (laughs) Ruin it with runes. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I've I've never played anything from the Diablo f- franchise, but it it sounds kind of interesting. I'm not sure if I'd want to play, but I at least want to now watch what the story is with one of the cutscene movies. So that may be something I do this weekend. The cutscenes are all on on YouTube. You should watch them. Say, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm, just, I'm somebody who it. will watch cutscene movies when I'm writing cuz I just I need something in the background that I can look up every now and again and be like, yeah. "Oh, cool, a boss fight." And then just cut, put my head back down and keep working. But nice. uh, it's it's something that is long, so we can go for the entire afternoon portion of a shift. And it's something that most of the time I'm not going to really pay attention because it's like running from point A to point B and or right. doing things with, that have some kind of conversation in them between the cutscenes. Era, if if this interests you and and you decide to get Diablo two resurrected. Hit me up. I'll tell you my secret gamer tag, and I'll I'll hook you up with all kinds of good stuff. I need <laughs> I, to clear I, some stuff out anyway. I I haven't played like a video game, video game. Like I haven't played anything outside of my solitaire game and my match three game, and I want to say about nine years. It's been a long time since I've gamed, if that makes any sense. Because I mean, I just have so many other I have so many other hobbies that are also time consuming, and gaming is one of those things that you need to invest time more than anything else. And time is the one thing we just don't have in this industry. Yeah, it's been like thirteen hours since I played Diablo two, so <laughs> I feel your pain. It's just too long. Alrighty, Nick, what do you got? All right, I I just finished up um, the second part of Jurassic World Aftermath on. The quest. I love, love, love that series. I don't know if anybody else feels about it the same way I do, but it's like, I love the original Jurassic Park movie. I don't really like any of the sequels. Okay. 
Like the thing that makes me love Jurassic Park is just how freaking scary dinosaurs are, right? Like I feel like <laughs> that one nails it more than any of the other ones. The other ones are like joke movies, right? They they make fun of themselves too much. They're not they're not scary in that way. This gets back to that feel, even though funny enough, it's got like a comic booky type of art style, but it gets back to that feel of you don't want to get eaten by these dinosaurs, right? And you're sneaking around. And it's it's a stealth game. It's it's you basically alone trying to retrieve the DNA sample of blue. And that's like the whole mission in both parts of the game is getting there and back. And just all the stuff you encounter. And they did a really good job on this one of uh, adding new puzzles, mixing up the dinosaurs you encounter, being in totally different areas. Like, it's just I loved the additional four hours that I got out of it. And I can't wait for them to make something else in this world. <laughs> is this so, something you can play seated? Yes, because you can click the right stick and it'll duck or stand. Okay, because because I like Jurassic World too. Yeah, and that's and, I, and I think one of my only complaints from a physical you know perspective is that my neck is very sore from playing <laughs> this because I spent so much time ducking under know. desks and stuff trying to hide from raptors. <laughs> So, yeah, I I think playing seated would probably be way more comfortable. Oh, man. Yeah. And then Metroid uh, comes in tomorrow, which I'm beyond excited about because I'm a Metroid fanboy. And it's been like 87 years since the last Metroid came out. So, hey, <laughs> get maybe you can ruin the Metroid global economy. There you go. <laughs> all right. That's it for me. All righty. Well, I'm going to step away from all of this video game awesomeness and talk about binging a decade-old ABC show. But um, I have a Hulu subscription, and every now and again, I'll go look up old story, uh, old series that I used to watch back in, like, high school and college. Uh, I just noticed that Castle is back up on Hulu in its entirety, so I'm doing my watch-through of the show again because I was an absolute nut for Castle back in the day. So I'm super excited it's there. If you've never watched Castle, it's uh, Nathan Fillion being just a nerdy writer dork with a uh, New York City detective for eight seasons. And it was, it's so good, especially like seasons two through four. It's so good. It just makes me like, I I queued up the first episode that I was going to watch and I was just grinning ear to ear within 45 seconds. Now it makes sense. When I saw you put Castle on there, my mind went to the miniseries The Man in the High Castle, and I'm like, no, that's not that, an era thing at all. No, that that's not my speed. That is not my speed. I need some. I need something a little fluffier than that sometimes. Although Castle isn't exactly fluffy, considering it's a police procedural about murder. So, <laughs> well, but it, it's, it's so it's funny, and I love it, it sure. so much. And especially with him in it, I've never seen it, but you know. From my love of Firefly, I can imagine. Now I remember oh, yeah. it. And yeah, it was, I, I'm pretty sure I watched a lot of that. Way back, was... way back. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I want to say the show was on through, I want to say either the entirety of my time through high school and college or through most of high school, all of college, and then part of my tenure at the TV station. Because it was eight seasons, so that's about eight or nine years of runtime. And I love it. Which tells you how so good much. it was. Yes. If, if they kept it up for nine series or nine years, that's that's a pretty good show. 
Yeah, no, I, that was that was my reason for looking forward to Mondays for so long because Castle would be on at nine and I was just going to be like squeeing into a pillow before the halfway point. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, sorry to fangirl on y'all. Sorry. Hey. Alrighty, well, that's what is making us happy this week and this weekend. And I hope that you all do something that will make you happy this weekend too. It's a holiday weekend coming up. So I... For all of our Canadian friends, happy Thanksgiving. For all of our American friends, maybe don't celebrate Columbus this weekend and talk about some of the indigenous peoples that were here before the New World was, quote unquote, discovered instead. But uh, we will be back here next week. I'm sure we will have more fun, amazing, insane Android stuff to talk about. You can find uh, Jeremy at GB Hill on Twitter. You can find Nick Sutrick at Guanatsu. I swear to God, we're going to make you change that someday. Nope. And you can find me <laughs> at Arawagco on Twitter. And you can find us all at Android Central. And we just, we love your support. If you have anything you want to see changed, if there's anybody that you want to see, come on and talk with us. I am always open to suggestions for people we should reach out to for guest, posi- or for coming on and visiting because it's always fun to meet more people in this business. And I especially want to get more female tech writers on here because there aren't enough of us and we need to stick together. And I want to meet all of you and fawn over all of your work as much as we all fawn over each other's. But that is going to be it for us this week. So see y'all next week and have a great weekend. Bye. See ya. Adios.